course, the story of Elisha and the widow. And this widow was in a bad place, and her husband was dead. He'd passed away. She was, she was riddled with debt. She, had, she, she owed people so much money that they were going to come and take her kids. They were going to come and take her sons and make them slaves to pay off this debt. And so instead of, I mean, we all find ourselves in situations where we don't have an answer. We all find ourselves in positions sometimes where we're not sure what to do. And what this lady did through this story was, first of all, she turned to God and trusted him. She didn't run away from her problems. She faced them. She changed her perspective around because he asked her to do some things. The man of God spoke to her and asked her to do some things that didn't make sense to her mind. But she changed her perspective. When he asked her in this story, what do you have in your house? (laughs) She came to him and said, Master, here's the deal, man. I'm I'm in so much debt. I'm over my, I mean, they're going to take my kids from me. And he said, what do you have in your house? Not a very nice guy. Didn't, didn't, Didn't pat her on the head and say, oh, you poor thing. He turned it on her and said, what do you have in your house? And she said, well, I don't have anything but this little bit of oil. And then he told her, go and gather all the vessels you can find in verse 3. Gather as many as you can. Don't just get a couple. Get as many as you possibly can get your hands on. Bring them in the house. And I'm sure at that moment you have an opportunity to say, why in the world am I doing all this? You didn't understand me. I don't have so much oil that I don't know what to do with it. I don't have hardly any oil. But he turned it around on her. And he said, if you'll gather all the pots, let me take care of the oil. And to, you know, as we go through, you've got to change your perspective. The last thing he asked her to do was gather pots. And today, it's not about God necessarily filling you, although I believe he is and will continue to. But it is about what happens when we gather pots. What happens when we get together with other folks? What happens when we're faced with the people maybe on our top five list and God asks us to share something with them? See, it's not us that has to save anybody. But I will tell you this, for the oil to flow in your life, his oil, his anointing, his love, his grace and mercy to flow in and through your life, you're going to have to open up and share. There's not a way around it. We would love for it to all be about us, but I'll tell you this, it's not about you. It's not about me. As painful as that is for me to hear, And as painful as that was for me to to overcome, I realized a long time ago, it's not about me. My life, it says in the word, is not my own. It says in 1 Corinthians that I have been bought at a price. That I really truly am his. And then if you've come to Christ and you've come to a knowledge of Jesus and his love for you, the fact that he died on the cross for you, then he has bought and paid for you. And in this life that we live right now, we live it not as our own. Galatians 2.20 says, I I, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's not I who live, but what? Christ lives in me. And this life that I now live by faith, see, I live my life by faith which means I'm not going to have everything I need. I'm not going to know everything I need to know. I'm not going to be able to do everything that I need to do. But because of his grace, I can. And so what we learned to do, like this widow did, was to gather all of these pots. And as we gather the pots and as we open up ourselves to the Lord, he pours the oil in us and through us to fill those pots. But look what happens and look how dangerous it is for us as believers to be in a position where we're not pouring out. If you read this story and you go on in 2 Kings chapter 4, and she'll put it on the screen there for us, but in verse 3 he tells her to gather all the pots. 
He says, get as many as you can get your hands on. Now, why is that important? Because the man of God knows that there is about to be a miracle that takes place, and he's going to multiply that little that she has into all of those pots. So if she gets one pot, she's got one pot full. If she gets 100 pots, she's got 100 pot full. She doesn't know what he's going to do. She just has to be obedient to the word. Many times we don't know what God's about to do. Many times it doesn't make any sense to us to even speak to this person. Maybe this person's not been nice to you. Maybe this person's caused you problems and grief, but God wants to use you in their life. He wants to use you as an instrument, as a vessel to touch them somehow. But if we refuse, if we walk the other way, if we keep our head down, if we don't make that phone call that we feel that prompting in our heart to make, if we don't do that, then listen, this is what happens as we don't present ourselves to him. Open to pour out, the oil stops. If you go on in this story, she gathered the pots. And in verse 6 it says, Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. And so since there was no more jars, no more vessels, no more, no more things for her to pour the oil into, what happened? The oil stopped. Now this is kind of different and this might be something new to you, but I would just present this today. I think many times in our life we become so focused on who we are We become focused on our situations and our issues. And I am telling you, you come to Christ empty, and we we come to Christ needy. I mean, we, we all do. And in our life, we do have needs. We do face stuff. We have situations and circumstances going on all over the place. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's a health situation. Maybe it's relational in your life. I am telling you, you face those. I face those. But if we will only focus on that in our life, the oil will stop. We're begging God, man, send down your grace, send down your mercy, send down something, grease me up, man, fill me. But when there's not another vessel present to pour that thing into, it said the oil stopped flowing. Many of us are looking for doors to open. We're looking for breakthrough in our, in our lives. Maybe you're here today and, and you say, you know what, man, I, I, I've been asking God these questions over and over and over and over and over again. I believe really truly that in our life we have something to give to somebody else and they, that the answer to the question that you've been asking God might be just on the other side of that person, that vessel that's standing between you and your answer that he's just asking you to pour out into. Now it's a new concept maybe for some of you. It's a new idea. But the vision of this church, really, we're going to talk about it starting next week at Mother's Day with love, but love, acceptance, and forgiveness, sharing that with people who are around us, that that's what we do. That's what he called us to do. He didn't put us in this earth just to hang around. If you go back and you look in Acts in chapter 2, it's the story of Pentecost. And we, we, we know the story. Maybe you haven't read that story. You can go back, and it's, it's, it's Acts chapter 2. It's exciting. In Acts verse, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus told the disciples, hey, hang out here a little bit in verse 5 and 6. Just wait here because the promise, the helper is going to be coming. I'm going to be with the Father, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit in my place. And he tells them in verse 8, I love this. He said, you'll be endued with power. See, the Holy Spirit will endue you with that dynamo or dynamis power that it'll be placed on the inside of you in your life. And it says in that same verse in chapter 1-8 where it says that you're going to be endued with power, it says to be witnesses. 
Not endued with power to fly like Superman. Not necessarily endued with power to do all the things that, that God's calling you to do, although that's part of it. But he specifically says, so that you can be witnesses for me everywhere that you go. That's important. Apparently, that is incredibly important to God. It's important to Jesus because he takes a few minutes to tell his disciples that. And at the end of Matthew, in verse 28, he says, go and make disciples of all peoples, teaching them the things basically that I have taught you, sharing with them the word, sharing with them the deeds of Christ, sharing with them the plan of salvation. Go, go, go. In Mark, we know it says, in Mark 16, I think, it says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, how can I do that? Because your life changed. Last week, we talked about him filling you up as his vessel. But if we don't, what happens? I'm telling you, it begins to dry up. If we won't open our mouth and begin to share, if we don't gather the vessels, you know, as I went back and forth with this message, like, what is this message about? <laughs> You know, I, 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 I've been, been just asking God the last couple, you know, what is, it, what, is the, what is the thing? What is the one, what is the part of this that, Father, we need, we need to hear from you? Is it about bringing people to church and gathering vessels? I mean, that's what three services I feel like is about in this place. It just gives God another vessel to fill. I know it looks like a lot, and it's a lot of work, and a lot of you are bending over backwards to make it possible, but praise God, I'd rather be bending over backwards to make it possible and see God do something big. So God, is it about us bringing people to church and inviting people into the kingdom and bringing in the vessels and you pouring out your oil? I mean, that just seemed to me to make sense. It could work. It could be about serving in the kingdom and serving in church and being an usher or a greeter and working in the nursery or the children's department or what is it, God? It could be a lot of those things. But really what, he, what stopped me in my tracks was that thing that said, and when the vessels were all filled, there wasn't one more vessel, the oil stopped. And he began to speak to me about the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the stirring up the gift that's on the inside of you. There's an infilling of what God is doing, but that infilling was never meant to stay on the inside of us inside our house. It wasn't meant to be poured into the church and stayed within the four walls. You've heard me. You've heard me preach this for a long time. It's just been the word that God has put on my heart as we continue to go and grow. At Pentecost, right after he said you're going to be endued with power, in chapter 2, it said that the windows got knocked open in the joint, the wind blew through, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit filled the people who were in the house. They could have hung there and had a joyous Holy Spirit rocking time. Didn't have electric guitars, but I'm sure somebody was doing a little, you know, a little of that stuff. They could have just rocked it out. They were in the presence of God. But what happened in that place was it didn't just fill that place. It spilled out then into the streets. And because they didn't just keep it within that 120 so gathered there that day, because it spilled out into the streets, Peter stood up and spilled out the things that were on the inside of him. As he spilled that out, it said 3,000 men came to Christ. And then just a short time later in Acts chapter 4, it says that five, th they were getting in trouble for being so bold and for preaching the gospel and teaching the things that Christ did. They were, they were, they were getting in trouble. They were getting ready to be thrown in jail. But it said even in that moment, 5,000 men got saved. But see, it wasn't just kept within the four walls. It wasn't just kept within each one who was there. It spilled out into the street. And then from there, it began to spill out from person to person to person to person. In John chapter 5, it's the story of the, of the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. 
And you know, I've, I've read this story and taught this story and preached it for years, you know, and you don't, look to, you don't look to things and people, you look to Jesus because Jesus was there and the man was looking to the water to be healed. And, and we know the story. You know, Jesus said, you're healed and, and get up and walk. But what struck me this time as he was beginning to show me or teach me about this stirring, this idea that said, if there's not a vessel to pour into, the oil stops. That maybe there's breakthrough that you've been looking for in your life, but it's just around the corner from the person that he wants you to share with. That compassion of Jesus that's on on the inside of you, that thing that wells up. In the end, we're going to talk about three things real quick that come against all of us that we don't have to allow to stop us from doing this or being this kind of person. But see, in in that story about the pool of Bethesda, there were people who got healed, but they didn't get healed when it was all just calm. They got healed when the waters were what? Stirred up. When the waters, it says, began to stir. Now, the, 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 the wives' tale in that time was this idea that an angel was stirring up the waters. And some people say, well, there were bubbles and it was a spring. And hey, whatever, all I know is that when the water got stirred, somebody got healed. In 2 Timothy, Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift. Why? Why stir up the gift? Because if you don't stir up the gift, it becomes stagnant. And stagnant stinks. See, if you don't stir it up, if you don't allow it to, to, to bubble on the inside of you, if you don't allow God to pour into your life and then let that be fresh and have you pour that out into somebody else's life, it becomes stagnant, it becomes dead. The Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is an example. I've got my friends here bringing me a little something to show you. God's going to pour out his spirit today on you. He's going to use me to do it. We're just going to just do this a couple times. It's not a Gallagher show, for all you who know who that is. It's not Gallagher doing it. But here's the deal, you see. uh, The Dead Sea is dead because there's no outlet. It's dead simply because there's no outlet. And you say, well, you know, maybe there's, hey, the Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea. Lots of great things happened. If there was an anointed river, you know, I would pick the Jordan River. If there was a river that you could say, man, if I could go there, it'd be great, it'd be that one. There's an Ecclesiastes that says, everything that lives by the river will live. What river are they talking about? The Jordan River. There is life in that river. But when that life flows into the Dead Sea, there's no outlet on the other side, and the water begins to evaporate. And what's left behind are just the dead stuff and the junk. Very little living organisms in the Dead Sea. Just bacteria and some microfungal stuff. That, who wants microfungal? I mean, that's, we, we have ointment for that on our feet. Get rid of the fungus. <laughs> if you don't have an outlet, see, if there's not another vessel, the oil's cut off. And in your life, you know, We do come to Christ empty, like these jars, and he does fill us up. He pours out all of his goodness in our life. He pours out all of his goodness, and we come to him. I mean, we do. We come empty, and he begins to fill us up with his good. I mean, that's what he does. He pours out his oil, just like that lady. Now, she had a small vessel. She just had a little bitty vial of oil like that, and she began to pour it into these big vessels, and as she poured it, it never stopped, just like this hose. See, when God begins to pour it out in your life, it's never going to stop. He's going to want to pour it in, and then when he pours it into your life, then you have a decision to make. What are you going to do? See, now you're obviously different than you were before. 
See, there's obviously been a change made. God has obviously done something because he's he's begun to fill your life up. And as he pours in his goodness, the badness begins to leave. Many of you were here, you know, you were part of what was going on. You've been doing what God asked you to do, and all of a sudden your life is different. Why? It's not because you came to this church, because you opened yourself up to God, and he began to pour his oil into your life. Then there comes a point in that outpouring of his spirit that he's going to ask you to open up a spigot and begin to pour out somewhere else. And that's where you get to make a decision, because if you don't pour out into somebody else, there's going to be an issue and a problem. Because you will eventually become like the Dead Sea. And if you don't have an outlet, all of a sudden, there is nothing else that's going to be able to come in. That everything else now that comes in will just flow over the top. These are awfully soapy. Don't drink the water here. It's just air? All right, thank you, science teacher. (laughs) Makes me nervous. Have you ever been baptized here and seen the water? It's a little rough. (laughs) It really, truly is God making you clean again, because there's... It is dirty, so. <laughs> but, as, but as he begins to pour into your life, everything else, we stand here and we say, God, God, fill me up, fill me up. He says, you're full. You're full. I need breakthrough in my life. Well, what you need to do is find a vessel and pour something into him. Well, that don't make any sense to me. I need a miracle in my life financially. I'm telling you, give. That doesn't make any sense to me. Hey, hey, ask the lady with the oil. Change your perspective. Give and it shall be given to me, pressed down, shaken together, and running over women, given to me. That's just the way that it works. If there's not a give, there's nothing but dead. No outlet, dead sea. Now, being filled is important because many people will get saved and they'll be like, oh, I want to tell you all about Jesus. I want to tell you all about what Pastor John said this week. I want to tell you all about blah, 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 blah. And they forgot to get filled. Right? I mean, they just pour, 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 pour. Then they get the idea and say, you know what? I'm going to go back to the bar and tell all my friends. Well, there ain't no life left in your jug, so careful, honey. Because there's some oil out there that the enemy wants to fill you with. That ain't no good. But anyway, you go out there, then you find yourself lost. Why? Well, you never filled yourself back up. The life that he wants you to live, the life that he called each one of us to have, is not a life where we run back and have him fill it up and then go out and pour it into all these people and then run back on Sunday and fill it up. See, the life that he wants us to live is a life where we're constantly being full because it's his oil that goes out from us that will never run dry as we pour it out. That if we don't pour it out, we're gonna become stagnant. That if we don't get filled up, we're gonna run dry. But if we'll just allow him to pour into our life his oil and open ourselves up to the vessels who are around us, there won't be any opportunity for us to ever run dry. That you can do this forever. And his supply is endless. Just like this hose. It's endless. But what will we do when he fills us up? See, what will we choose? He's put you on this earth for a purpose. To do great things, to enjoy your family, to enjoy your wife, to enjoy the kids that he's given you, to enjoy, your, to enjoy all those things. Yes, 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 yes. No doubt. I try to have fun all the time everywhere that I go. But I will tell you this. There is a constant presentation of me before the Lord, him pouring in, and then me being open to the people who are around me to pour out. Not just here on Sunday mornings. See, everywhere we go, there are opportunities. But when we're faced with these opportunities, we all come up with, with not excuses, but I think we all, you know, at times, at times, we all have some questions. 
See, because when, when, when we're faced with stuff, we, we think, first of all, look, and Corey covered some of this in the men's breakfast. If you weren't there on, on Saturday, yesterday morning, you can get it online at, at victorylafayette.org. It's a good message. And he used, you know, the, 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 the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10 as, as his text to go through and, and to talk about. But, but when we're all presented with these opportunities, I am telling you the first thing that the enemy comes against us with is this idea that says, you are not qualified, you're a hypocrite, you don't have your act together, you don't have things straight, people aren't going to be able to listen to you, what would you ever tell them? And then the first thing that we begin to do is begin to focus on us and in the things that we don't have. Last week, if you remember, we said, hey, 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 don't focus on the stuff that you lost. Don't focus on the stuff you don't have. Don't focus on the stuff that other people have. Focus on what God has given you, a little bit of oil. You may not know anything other than this message today when you walk out the door. God's going to put somebody in your path for you to share that with. Share it with them. Simple. Man, but they're going to think I'm a hypocrite. This lady in John that he was talking to, Jesus was, Right before the pool of Bethesda in chapter 5, in chapter 4, he was talking to this lady. That, 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 that he asked her for a drink, and he said, if you know who asks you for a drink, you would, you would ask him for a drink. He just said, if you would ask me for a drink, I'll give you a drink that will never stop. I'll give you living water. Really, it's the promise of the Holy Spirit to be poured out into your life. And that, 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 that fountain, that well, will continually be there. But I'm telling you, if you don't allow that to come out, there's going to be an issue. And this lady was messed up. She had five husbands. She was living with a guy. It was, you know, it was a, it was a horror story. Don't think you're, you're, not, you're not okay to share the gospel. Don't think that you got to get, devil tell you, you got to get everything straight before you open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Now, don't go off living like a hypocrite and just start throwing out crazy scriptures someplace. You, you're getting filled, so God's changing you. Bad stuff going out, good stuff going in. But listen, you are qualified. It says in Colossians that he has qualified you to be, to be a, a partaker of the inheritance of the saints. He qualified you. Not you. It's, see, it's always about him and what he pours into you. And when he pours it into you, it changes who you are. Don't worry about what other, other people are going to think about you. Don't, don't, worry, don't go off thinking, well, what are they going to do? Hey, I'm telling you what, open up your mouth and see what God does. That's all we have to do. That's what we're called to do. Go and make disciples. The second thing that really begins to come against us in this thing is fear. <laughs> what are they going to think? What are they going to do? What's going to happen? Find out. Because there hasn't been an opportunity in your life yet where you've opened up your mouth and begun to share the word that God's given you that good hasn't come out of that. Because his word is seed, and that seed goes into good ground, and that good ground will produce good fruit somewhere, sometime, somehow. There is good coming from it. I share my story about my joy spreader, and that's, you know, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I got this guy that said, you got to be my joy spreader, man. That's what you do. That's your job, right? You got joy on the inside of you, spread it everywhere that you go. You are influential. Well, my life's a mess. Yeah, but you smile through that mess. God's going to make a difference. He's going to fix that thing. He's going to change you, but he's going to do it as you go out in your world and begin to spread the light and the love and the joy of Jesus Christ. Go do it. He told Timothy, stir up the gift. And then you, he said after that, he said, you don't have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Begin to stir. Get the gift going. Why is that so important? Because when you get the gift going, see, his goodness begins to change you, begins to change the people around you. You've got a spigot on the outside right here in your mouth, and it just begins to pour out his goodness. You've been in those positions, and you've said, oh, God, I am sh shaken. 
And then as you begin to share your word, you begin to share your testimony, you begin to share what he told you to share. You begin to open up your mouth. Maybe you invite somebody to church. Maybe you bring somebody to a small group. Maybe whatever it is in your life, whatever he's placed you in that position to do, you begin to do it, and all of a sudden things begin to change. The oil begins to flow. Why? Because there's a vessel. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. There's no power that can overcome you. Fear. You, you have the victory over fear, death, hell, and the grave because Jesus Christ died for you. The question isn't, what is going to happen to me if I do this? I think the question that we need to ask ourselves is this. What's going to happen to them if I don't? See, what's going to happen to the person that's standing before me, whether it's some kid, whether it's an adult, whether it's your brother, whether it's somebody in, you know, in your jaw, what's going to happen in their life? What's going to happen in the life of that person who's on the side of the road if I don't? Ananias in Acts chapter 9. Paul had been stricken with blindness. Name was Saul at the time. He was a bad dude. Persecuted Christians, sent him to jail, killed some. I mean, he was involved in some bad stuff in the persecution of the church. This was not a guy, if you were a Christian, that you wanted to hang around. So God knocks on Ananias' heart and says, Hey, Ananias. I got something for you to do. And he says, all right, God, what do you got? And he said, I want you to go talk to Saul. No way. <laughs> you know that guy? He's bad news. Anybody God but that guy. <laughs> Anybody but that. God will begin to, <laughs> he'll begin to challenge you. The people who come across your path may not be the people that you want to talk to. They may not be as lovely as you, but you weren't always lovely. They may not have it all together like you, but you didn't have it all together and you probably don't have it all together now. Brandon shared a message a little bit on that thing on Saturday about being a police officer. And many, many times the police officers end up in positions with people who, 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 who definitely need help. Some of them need a, you know, a baton in the head or whatever, but they just need some help. But you know, when you're surrounded by that all the time, it can begin to bring you down. You begin to talk down to somebody. You begin to think about their situation. How can you keep doing this? I've been trying. You know, you, you can become negative. That anti-negative or that, uh, that uh, automatic negative thinking syndrome. The ants begin to get in your brain. But he said God began to change his perspective a little bit. And he began to see that as opportunity to reach out began to see that as opportunity to make a difference. And you know what? Began to pray, God, send me to the places where people are open to hear what you have to say. He said it's uncanny the way he ends up in calls and ends up in situations where, where people are just, just open to hear what he has to say. They don't always do what he has to say, but whose job is it to do it? It's God's job. He's the one who's just going to pour it out. You just got to be the guy who opens up your mouth. He's the guy who saves them. He's the guy who makes change. He's the guy who brings, he, God brings all of that. He's the one that pours the oil, but you got to open up your spigot. Don't let fear hold you back. We all face those things. We all feel unqualified. We all feel like, man, what in the world would I tell that guy? Be led by the Spirit because it's on the inside of you. We all feel fear. Like, man, <laughs> freaks me out. What's going to happen if you don't? 
See, what's going to happen if you don't? Think about Ananias talking to Saul, and Saul got set free. Eyes all of a sudden can see, got filled with the Holy Ghost, became Paul, began to save people, people getting healed, and ends up writing a whole bunch of the New Testament that we all read. Because one guy said, okay, God, I know it's a scary situation. I know it's tough, but you know what? I'll do it. You just, you, I'll do it. You're going to be with me, right? Yep, I'll never leave you or forsake you is what he told Joshua. And it's the same story for you. And then the last part, and then we'll pray. The last thing that we face, and this was difficult for me. You have to come to the realization that there's not really a line between when you have an opportunity to share and when you get to go hide in, your, in yourself. You know, you don't have a public life and a private life. Like I like to say, you're on all the time. You're on all the time, everywhere you go. When you're in a store, you have no idea who's watching you. When you're at work, you have no idea how long somebody has been paying attention to the things that you say and the things that you do. Everywhere that you go, you are a representative of Jesus Christ. And there is no off time for that. That bothered me for a long time. I give a lot. I mean, you know, we're, we're constantly doing this. You know, we're ministering to folks and people. And bef before I taught, she still teaches. So, I mean, we're pouring into kids on both sides of the county. 13, 14 years were the kids that we poured into. All the 20-some years here in this church that we poured. I mean, there's not a place we go that we don't know somebody. And so I had to get comfortable with the idea that says, you know what, wherever I go, whoever you present, I'll, I'll just pour it out. I tried not to. I tried. I wanted to have some lines, you know. I wanted to have some barriers. I wanted to say, you know what? This is kind of like my, my area. This is my, man, just this little world right here. Can I just, can we just not, you know, like, you know, interrupt my, you know, my family? Can we just not, you know, I'm just on a date with my wife. Do we have to run into somebody that needs help? <laughs> does that sound bad or is that just me? It didn't sound bad at the moment because I, you know, I, I, I was wrong. I didn't care. But what I realized when I read that scripture was when the vessels were, when there wasn't another opportunity to pour out, the oil stopped. And boy, you know what? I don't want the oil to stop. I want to see breakthrough in my life. I want to see change. I want to see things happen. I want to have God answer me. I want to have him show me stuff. I want to hear his wisdom. I want him to, pour, I want him to continue to pour in me. And you know, what that, you know what that entails? Me being able to pour out all the time. See, if that's what you're looking for and you're the opportunity for God to pour answers into your life, breakthrough, doors open, all those things, you're going to have to open up your spigot here and let him flow through you. Otherwise, it just gets stagnant. And stagnant stinks. That's not who we are. Amen? Let's stand up together. I want to encourage you today that you can make a difference. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.